0: This is a parental guidance moment.
1: Welcome back to the Sunday service. It's the world's shittest podcast. It's the home of the hostel Gospel, bruh. And I've got a very special episode today with two people I've wanted to get on the pod for a very long time. These two gentlemen are... Uh, Two parts of the owners of the Newcastle Comedy Club. It's Elliot Stewart and James Connors. How are we, boys? Good. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. In this your studio, so exciting. And it's hard. We've got Russ the Red Dog down here, executive producer as well. What an, an honor.
0: It. You know, <laughs> Good to Elliot you was boys. terrified of him.
2: Oh, dude, when we came, <laughs> we came to. You, I didn't know you had a dog, and then this this dog like came running down the side of the house, and then for some reason, just my head was just like. Oh, wait, are we, are we about to die? Like, is this dog friendly at all? <laughs> Elliot did the turn
0: and flinch yeah. like, a, like a girl in PE. Does yeah. it, the ball goes near her, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to ask somewhere else on the sidelines, please. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, that's yeah, He's so going to go to the
2: library for quite reading.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It pays to check your messages because
0: I said, let me know when you get here because he's not uh, not too friendly with guests. Oh, I was cool. too busy speeding past a mobile speed camera <laughs> <laughs> to check my phone while I was driving. Oh, no.
1: <laughs> Do you have the app Ways where it turns? Tells you where they nah. are.
2: I did. No, I, I got ahead of the head of the curve, you know. You yeah. um, again, get ways, bro. It's the best. It's the best. Uh,
1: it's the yeah. best. Yeah. You know where all the police are? Yeah. I'm, I'm not on these apps. <laughs> no? I sketch out sometimes. So, like, I'll. it's like, oh, police up ahead in 500 metres. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Is it a random breath test? Am <laughs> I going to get drug tested? I'm like, I'm completely sober. But I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I just go through all the panic of seeing that they're there. I'm like, oh, it's a fucking mobile speed camera. It's great right
2: so. when you're driving and you see a police car coming, like, just driving And you just forget How to drive You're just like Oh my god like, Am I doing anything wrong Like,
0: <laughs> Yeah like I'm Involuntarily sober At the moment But like I've still Got like the panic So like I see coppers And I'm like Oh fuck And I'm like wait I haven't had anything For weeks now So I'm fine Yeah <laughs> you just panic And think yeah. that you've Done something wrong It's yeah. ingrained in your brain
2: now for I, all these I've, years. Yeah
0: I've spent like Ten years, a better part of ten years, just being terrified and just <laughs> being like having drugs on me at all times. Yeah, no matter where I'm going. It takes ten thousand hours to master a skill. <laughs> yeah. You've put ten thousand yeah. hours into it's being paranoia. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: Fucking earth. Well, speaking of not being sober, we do a little beer breakdown each week on the podcast. So let's get straight into this.
0: I, will never I didn't know get... if we were supposed to talk through that yeah, or Yeah, the right. production. Is, <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> That's right. I
1: could never get sick of hearing that song just quietly. So, yeah. Um, the beer breakdown that we're doing today is a beer from a brewery called Bojack Brewing. Uh, we're drinking a Calypso Hazy IPA, which is 6.4% or 1.9 standard drinks. Um, so, we'll give it a verbal rating between I'll never drink this again and not beard. Um, and then later on, I'll give it a rating on the app that's called Untapped. So if you've got that, feel free to give me a follow there. Bradley Bishop, one word, capital B's. And let me know a beer that you've been enjoying. All Is right, that boys, an Australian app? Is it worldwide? I think it's worldwide.
0: So. Mm. Yeah, right. Cheers, lads. Oh, thank well, you so much. Well, thank you. Elliot's drinking a Sprite. Yeah, Elliot. Sorry, everyone, <laughs> for ruining the, the segment. How does it taste, mate? Mm, hints of uh, lemon and lime. <laughs> <laughs> also, by the way, is Sprite not lemonade? Because um, I believe it is lemon and lime, and I only it found that out like... I
2: found that So it's recently. not
0: even lemonade.
2: Well, yeah, exactly. It's lemon and lime, because that's why it has the, the yellow and the green. It's like yellow for lemon, green for lime. Yeah.
0: Dude, I never knew that. I just I thought know, it was I know, I found that out like yeah, last me month. me too. Yeah. So I've just been serving it at the club, being like, "Oh, lemonade, okay." And then, yeah, only I like mean, four and a half weeks ago, someone was like, "It's not actually lemonade." Oh
2: uh, fuck! A customer said that? No, someone oh, thank else. Oh, God, uh, no, dude, some of the customers we get who complained about dude, absolute scum, absolute. <laughs> just I, I, I like, fucking hate customers. Customer, customer service is like one of the worst. I yeah. hate it, dude. I hate it as well. People, like- like they're really, and, and especially when people are very snobby. Al- alcohol people can be very snobby. Like, you know what I mean? Like, in terms of like, people come up and be like, what kind of wine is it? And I'll be like, red. (laughs) And they're like, but what's the brand? I'm like,
0: do you know all, like, what do you, who cares, cunt? Yeah. Take what you And and we have no other brand. So it's like, yeah Is this a deal breaker for you to Like what are you going to do Walk away Yeah <laughs> If it's not the brand you like, like They actually don't have cab sav yeah. I'm out <laughs> 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 Fuck off cut. Yeah i oh, they have Pepsi not Coke oh, I'm going to kill myself I don't know Yeah at, at the club like Obviously we've Partnered with Shout Brewing Good beers whatever um, We haven't done the same thing with wine yet Like just from time thing But like we've just been buying like The cheapest bottle of wine At Dan Murphy's And just selling that But it's to the point, like, because I used to work at a bottle shop, I know gossips is rat piss. Yeah. So, and, like, people have, like, commented being like, oh, gossips, eh? And I just, like, flub it off with, like, oh, rent's not cheap on Derby Street or something. But um, (laughs) I was like, we should really get a better wine. I was like it's it's 4 dollars a bottle. Can we bump it up to like 8 dollars a bottle and get something that's like drinkable? <laughs> if it's in the budget. I've got yeah. a mate
1: whose um his friend owns a winery. So if you ever if you ever need one or need a mm-hmm. recommendation for someone just let us know and I could put him in touch. Yeah. I don't know how expensive his wine is, but I just mm. correlated Well,
0: I, that I just figured like we went we went and tested a bunch of beers and we chose the one that was the best tasting. And like the price wasn't didn't really come up. We just found the beers that we like. And, for, and the, then for the wine we're just like, oh women, who cares? Just drink whatever we can find. <laughs> for the wine we we're like, I recognise that word. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, that's sick. Um, so last night's show was fucking was fun, hey. Like Friday
2: night comedy. It's I, getting it's ramping up a bit, I think. It is, mm. it's starting to pick up uh what was it about 65 ish. yeah last when we night? started doing yeah. friday night comedy saturdays have always been very big and consistent but fridays we've been trying to grow since we've started and mm. we should shit at the start for like a while we're only getting yeah 30. 15 20 people with book tickets and now we're getting 50 60 consistently which has been very it's been amazing yeah those cunts that we're talking throughout was a bit was a bit annoying but oh yeah, oh yeah but we kicked them out oh actually mm. there's people right at the front that were that were quite yeah. aggressive yeah. You are on
0: the ones at the back though, which oh yeah, great. I fucking straight. I think I think Ooh. we just need to nip it in the butt, and also I'm gonna make up like a house rules thing, and yeah. like put it on a big like you know the A1 poster at the front. Absolutely, I'm gonna get that next to the door. Yeah, house rules. rules. Yep. Like if you talk, we're gonna boot you. Yeah, because it's 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 a comedy getting show. beyond the joke. Like, yeah, people just coming in and just talking through the whole show, and like some dickhead last week was like wasn't happy because I like, kicked out his mate. And yeah, he, as he's walking out, he's like, "You don't know what real comedy is, mate." I was and like, you do. do yeah. like, <laughs> Who's your are you comedy con- club, fuckhead? <laughs> yeah,
1: Dude, it's it's. I was saying this to a friend the other day. It's interesting. It's one of the only art forms where people think that they can just interrupt. You know what yes. I mean? Like you'd never go mm. to like. A, a, like a music. music show And a yeah. guy's just playing the guitar It's like Nice C major Fuck face <laughs> yeah.
2: like, Just yeah. making your own guitar sounds Being like
1: Bling. <laughs> I'm helping him out yeah. you
3: know?
1: just <laughs> Fucking sitting there Just booing him yeah, That yeah. song sucked yeah. yeah I'm gonna fucking complain To the management like,
0: Yeah Yeah and like Some acts are good at handling it Like Cam Duggan One of the best in Australia Like
1: Oh he I've heard he's a ruthless Like he'll just yeah. Tear
0: shreds off people oh, man Like I, I would it's basically, like, he just does bits until someone says something, and then that's when he, like, starts doing his material. <laughs> he just <laughs> starts teeing off. Yeah. So, yeah, he's, like, any any show, even the most rowdy show, if he's the host, you know you're fine. Like, he will handle everyone comfortably. But yeah. then there's, like, other people that's, like, one, it's not in their style, or when they do turn that way, like, they lose a bit of their charm. Like, yeah, Cameron yeah. Duggan's still charming, even when he's, like, absolutely tearing strips. But, like, <laughs> some people, like, I don't know. I don't know whether it's, like, you know, more chummy, friendly comics. And then when you when they do try to go dark, like, something, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. And you're like, oh, dude, this is, like, you're not pulling this off. Right. Not, not as in, like, the jokes aren't funny, but just, like, the tone of it. Yeah, it's not part of their kind of personality. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah it's fun to be very friendly on stage and then someone talks and you...
0: You just, you just
2: snap Shut them. up cunt you know, You're just like Whoa who's this So, like, yeah. so you act on stage yeah. yeah I had to fucking tell Some cunts to shut up Last night Cause like yeah. halfway through Like just trying to do a bit They're like <laughs> They were right at the front Like those yeah. people on the left Mitch was telling me That it, when he was on stage He heard There was like a There was like a There was, like a, there was a family There was like a mum That was there And a dad I guess Or something like that But then there was like A daughter And the daughter's boyfriend Was there Yeah And then apparently Like at some point During Mitch's set The daughter like Looked at the boyfriend Was like Can you just fucking leave Like it's just Yeah, it was like there was like genuine beef in the front row. That's, which I love. That's so funny. And then they left a bit later on. Like they left up just before the headliner.
1: True. Yeah, because I ripped on cause that dude's name I assume was Bailey because he mm. like yeah shouted out mm. fucking Bailey, so I just Incredible. Rip, ripped on him. And then the woman at the front, I don't know who she who she was, but the she had the short hair and I was like, yeah. Oh, you look like the type that would complain to management. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, then like yeah, the the daughter of that was just a fucking gibber. I was like, yeah, "What the fuck are you doing, cunt? Like, is this your first show here? Like,
2: dude, idiots. comedy is underappreciated. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, but no. also
0: a lot of people don't have the culture of it. Like, one, That's they see it true. on TV, yeah, and they talk through it on TV, so they think it's acceptable to do it in the room, yeah, because they've never seen it live, or they have been to it live in a theater where they can talk through it, and the comic doesn't even hear them because yeah. it's a 2,000 seater, you know? So, w- But it's if it's at a club, if you're, like, talking, even if you're whispering, like, six people around you can hear, I can hear from the tech desk, and it's like, you're fucking everything up, dude. Yeah. So I, I think it's just taking some getting used to of people watching. And it club. is hard as a comic when you can hear someone talking,
2: but sometimes the entire, like, the rest of the audience can't really hear it. So if you go in hard on that person, like, we just, like, you know, when, when you are like, really blow up at someone, the rest of the audience might not have that preconceived notion about that person who's talking. Yeah. So it can kind of put off like, oh why are you fucking calling this person that cunt and then it's just like Oh but I know they are all can look you guys can't hear it, but I can it's coming up.
1: There was two like at the very front last night that were just having a conversation. Yeah. So I had to constantly like redirect bits yeah. at them to like keep them engaged and they're like, oh, fucking yeah. like they just have a fifteen second fucking uh, attention span and then yeah. they're just, Oh, let's just talk about something else and at one point I felt in,
0: bad lighting you, too, because I knew that you weren't, like, through... I think you maybe got through three bits. Yeah. And in, like, nine minutes. And I was like, you got to get off time-wise. But it's like, I oh, know yeah. you haven't even done your set because you're just, like, dealing with these people. But Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, well, I still had a really good time anyway. So yeah, yeah, great set, man. It's, it's, uh, and so did you, dude. Like, I haven't... Se- I've seen you do a few sets, but most of it is, like, through the mic. Like, you'll be doing... Oh, like, open doing mic. Doing crowd work yeah. and open mic, but just getting to see you do... A solid 10 minutes was was good I was fucking hosing myself Hell yeah brother How did you Ugh. get How did you guys both get started In like the urge to do
2: comedy? James you wanna go first Or am I going first? Um, you go first I guess. I, uh, I started I, I got an interest when I was in high school I I, I saw a, a Rowan Ganju's Raw comedy set on Facebook And I thought it was hilarious It was like 5 minutes of just, just A man crushing with one liners Yeah, and I was like this is fucking I, I never appreciated comedy really before that like I grew up, my parents loved Seinfeld and that kind of stuff. Um, they took me to see him a couple of weeks before I started. And I was, I was watching Seinfeld. I was like, oh, I could do this. This is it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> a <laughs> fucking killer. Yeah. <laughs>
3: looks
1: easy enough.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I started uh, writing dumb jokes and doing them to my friends and they thought it sucked. And that's, that was great. I did a um, I did a, a speech for school captain, and I did basically just bits Yeah and crushed.
1: I did the same,
2: yeah. And then that night, I did that captain speech. I was so confident off that that went to a. I did my first open mic.
1: Yeah, fucking sick.
2: And that was cool. I like I, I like walked like four kilometers to to and from this open mic just because I didn't want to tell my parents that I was going. I was just like, oh, I have no other way of getting here because I was in high school. Yeah, my, my age too, dude. What well, yeah. you when you started yeah. like seventeen or something? I started at seventeen, yeah.
1: Dude, fuck, I wish I started at 17. Yeah, I wasted uh, so much time yeah. just boozing.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I started when I was 17. Um, yeah, just have to like message people to get into pubs, be like, hey, can you be my legal guardian tonight? Because... <laughs> 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 and uh We're was,
1: fucking wigging people out they're like oh yeah. is this technically me grooming this kid to come yeah. into a pub so press kid- yeah. just that. take
0: a seat <laughs> you scumbag I and mean,
2: james picked me up for my second open mic like i, I, I don't know dave uh, dave Gardner was the first person who I like met in comedy and then he couldn't pick me up or oh, he he couldn't meet me for the second time. But James picked me up from my house. And I remember being like terrified like holding onto the fucking car handle being like James was speeding down the <laughs> down the street. I'm like, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> it's better than walking, but
1: nothing's changed. Has <laughs> <Yeah. you? laughs>
2: yeah. Um but yeah, and then just um everyone kinda took me under their wing, just slowly got I learnt more about how to do comedy, I guess. I yeah. Don't know. Um, yeah, I think just, it's very important just to treat your first couple years as just, I mean, you sh- should always be learning, but just those first couple of years, is just like, I don't know, it's just like, uh, what's that fucking diagram thing that, uh, The success curve? Kinda, um, where you think you're really good at something, and then you learn more about it, and then you realise how much you don't know, and then... You start to the more the more you do it, you learn. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I don't think exactly to, to my analogy, about. listeners. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's good to describe a graph. Yeah, do you guys like this graph <laughs> I'm drawing with my finger? <laughs> they can
1: all see it, dude. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah,
1: you have it. You had a really cool rhythm last night. Like I, I noticed that probably out of the people that were doing the smaller sets, it was mm. is. It was rhythmic, like your your bits were just...
2: Yeah, I've been working on that set for years now. Like, some of those bits are a couple of years old, some of them are a couple of weeks old, but um, just, like, the the order of being been, I don't know, just trying to get that set perfect so I can keep crushing, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know, I, need, I, I definitely need to write, uh, I'm keen to write, like, a new set and work towards, like, half an hour is my goal. Yeah. But, um, I don't know, I just like to have, like, a nice, tight set to... Just pull out whenever Whenever
1: you need it Yeah
2: exactly Something to fall back on I yeah. find it's always good I think we both spoke about Our goal
1: is to come up with Half an hour Yeah You know As kind yeah. of as soon as possible So James how
0: was, how was your journey in comedy When did How old were you When you started Um say good question Because I always say I'm five years in And I, and then I just listened to Luke's episode and he's (coughs) like, it's five years. And I was like, well, okay, I'm not five years (laughs) in, but, um, I just sort of lost track of time, but basically I was working a, a shit job at the airport and, um, it was good money when I like first left school. Like I was on like 65 grand a year. I was working like death hours, but, um, and like I thought it was sick and then I turned up and I saw all these 50 year olds still earning what I was earning and I was like oh this is actually really sad and I don't want to do this forever and then like I was in a relationship and that fell apart and because I was just working so many fucked hours depressed all that stuff and then um I I had seen like Jimmy Carr clips on YouTube like where he's just dealing with hecklers and stuff and that was kind of my first sort of foray into it and same thing like my parents tried to show me Seinfeld and I was like oh this is just a this is something that my parents like so it must be shit yeah Um, and um and then yeah after a while like i started listening to a few podcasts because i was like cleaning aircraft late at night too so like four hours of just cleaning where i was just like pumping through episodes of like rogan whatever finding new comics from there listen to their podcast whatever and then yeah so i sort of had like an inkling to do it for probably a year um And then I finally, like, said to all my mates, I was like, I'm going to do stand-up, come to this open mic, which is, like, horrific. (laughs) (laughs) So bad. And then, like, it was, say, it was two days before, and I was, like, starting to really stress about it, thinking, like, all my mates are going to come. This could be fucking awful. I haven't even written any jokes yet. And then it was the day before, at, at, like, midday I had the day off. I, like, jumped online. I was like, is there an open mic in Sydney that I can go to today so that I can – get my first one out of the way. And then if it's shit, I'll just pull the pin and my mates won't have to deal with that. <laughs> so clever. yeah, it was like 3 PM. I had to leave to get there by seven on the train yeah. and it was, this was midday. And I was like, fuck it. All right. So I just like showered through clothes on, got to the train station, went down to Sydney. Um, and I just like wrote jokes on the train, like just wrote five minutes on the train and then got off, did my first set and it went like really well. I was like, okay, sweet. This is awesome. And I, like, as soon as I got off, I wanted to get back on. So I was like, fuck, I have to wait till tomorrow to do another set. <laughs> uh-huh. And then, um, so I was super hyped. And then all my mates came and then I bombed. But because I'd had the first good one, I kind of like shrugged it off and I was like, oh, it'll be fine. I where was going. the, um, where was the open mic in Newcastle? Uh, Crown. Fuck yeah. First one was Mug and Kettle in Sydney. Yep. Back in the day, run by, it was started by Muggleton and, um, some other guy who was the kettle <laughs> part <laughs> of it. Um, but he, Muggleton wasn't there. It was Tom Sanderson on the door. Oh, great. And, like, so I signed up with him, did my first spot, whatever. I kept going back down to Mug and Kettle for, like, a couple of weeks. And, like, after four weeks, I was still turning up. And Tom Sanderson was like, are you just here to watch? And I was like... No, I've been here three or four times now. Like, <laughs> but yeah, eventually, sort of recognized who I was and was like, "All right, I'll put your name down," kind of thing. Yeah. But um,
1: it's f- it's funny. I think so many comics when they first start <laughs> make that mistake of being like, you want your friends to come and watch as like mm. a, a bit of a safety blanket. Yeah. And then as soon as they, like, all your friends come, you're like, what am I doing? I was like, yeah. fuck. Man, I've this s- is so
2: much ammunition for my friends yeah. just to fucking roast me on. I've seen
0: people bring, like, first dates to open my access. I've just seen like, that what as, what as well. What are you doing? Oh, this, is, this is it. Yeah, and my like my oh. mates like filmed my set. Ah. They made a Facebook page oh. at Crown and Anchor because oh. the the MC butchered my name oh. and said it, I was James Connell, oh, no. and then so they made a Facebook page <laughs> James Connell Comedy oh, and fu- like posted the video, and that's I was great. like, oh Christ, that's a great. I've got to see if the if the like page is still up. That's but, very funny. Yeah, yeah. So I've, yeah, I've got some, my set
1: first set somewhere out there that someone recorded. Which is now like I'm really defensive of <clears throat> people recording off phones if I don't want that. Like you see it sometimes,
2: people in the club will pull out their phone. Someone I, took a picture of me on stage last night, and the flash was on. Like they were just in the audience, and then I just saw a flash go, and then I was just like, "All right." And then, <laughs> oh, all right. So that, that's just a picture of me now, just somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you know this man? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sick. That's so. Do you have a bomb that like that haunts you? Um, I, yeah, speaking of, like, when people have, like... You know when you know someone in the audience and you bomb and it's just, like, I'll just think about this forever, actually. That's yeah. just what they have, they'll they always think about when... Like, I've got relatives, like... My family is as always, as always talking to my relatives, like, yeah, he's doing... Like, he's doing this thing. And then I I um had, like, an aunt and uncle. i got many aunt and uncles because my family loves to fuck, apparently. And... But <laughs> <laughs> one one of my aunt and uncles came... They, they lived in Tasmania, but they came to Newcastle for, like, a holiday. And my parents... Brought them to, like, a anchor open market. I didn't know that they were coming to. I, they, I, I just was getting up, and I just saw them and my parents, and I was like, oh, this is about to be the worst. And then I bombed pretty bad. Uh, to the point where, I, like, at one point I got mad and called, like, someone, like, a comic, like, a fag. <laughs> just, like, <laughs> just, uh, just eating shit and, like, just being, like, the worst comedian possible. And that I, that's just how they always think about You know what I mean? Like, that's, yeah. Uh, oh, he's doing comedy. Well, I saw him this one time and it wasn't <laughs> great.
3: <laughs>
1: it's funny you mention that because uh, people that I know from work, when I used to work at the pub down the road, came to watch an open mic one night. And they're the guys that bought the box of beer. And oh, hell yeah. And they sat like, they're like, where should we sit? And I was like, anywhere but right at the front so I don't have to look at you. Yep. And I like to play with the crowd a little bit. Oh. They sat right at the front. Incredible. I bombed pretty bad that night. Oh. They interrupted every comedian. It was
0: just a nightmare. Oh, and was this at the club?
2: Yeah. This oh, right. I thought this was the second time. Oh, dude, you should have seen this. Oh, <laughs> it was I, I thought
0: you meant at Stockton. Dude,
2: Bradley's friends are cool. I'll say
1: that last <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was funny. So, like... So one of my mates has like a big bushy beard and I knew he was coming and he's a legend so I just sent him a message and basically the house rules I was like don't film don't interrupt a comedy might a comedian might ask like a rhetorical question like ah oh, what's with the weather recently don't answer that question <laughs> people and do I, yeah, I yeah, they love it I was like just sit have some beers and have a good time they rock up with a case of Of Coopers Yeah I'm I'm behind the bar I was like You guys can't do that (laughs) And then they're like Oh no He told us That I could bring A box of piss And I was like Get
2: fucked I (laughs) I (laughs) I I I I, looked straight at Brad Like did you do this man?
1: (laughs) I was just like How do you fucking think These guys are gonna make Additional money If it's BYO You fucking pelicans Then the woman Brings in a bottle of wine That she's smuggled in
2: Oh, and, yeah, this, uh, is, this is all happening in the middle of a show. So they're,
1: <laughs> they're like two regulars that I, I serve down at the pub, and they are good people, but yeah. they're just not comedy educated mm. on what to do. So they sit right at the front. Every rhetorical question, the woman's answering and the dude's answering. And then they start getting – they just start heckling. And I just start getting, like, anger sweats. And I'm like, oh,
2: no. Dude, like, like, secondhand embarrassment.
1: Oh, like, absolutely. And then I was like, every comedian's going to think I'm a fuckwit because they're like, yeah. oh, we know him. And I was like, yeah. oh, <laughs> <yeah>. abort, abort. <laughs> and uh, so on the ferry over last night, I see them – and they're like, oh, so what are you up to tonight? And I'm like, oh, I'm going to the comedy club. And they're like, to watch? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm actually performing on a Brave showcase. Mistake. And, yeah. they, and they were like, oh, yeah, well, have fun. And I can just tell that they were like, oh, that guy sucks oh, at comedy. Like, <laughs> hell yes.
2: That's fucked. Yes.
1: Yeah, so I was like, oh, fuck.
0: That's funny.
2: It
1: was, oh. yeah, it was good. They were going to see Amy
0: Shark. So anyway. I'll, yeah, I'll oh yeah. I hope they brought their box of piss Yeah
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah I was like where's your case of Coopers You fucking <laughs> Your mugs <laughs> oh. So who are you, some of your biggest kind of comedy influences
0: Oh just on the bombs too Like I Oh yeah I, I don't know Like I've had a lot But I, I don't really like Um, there, There's like been situations where I've been like Fuck I hope I don't bomb And it's usually Especially in my first like six months When comics that I liked from Sydney Would come up to MC and like, just didn't want to bomb in front of them. I get that. And, yeah. but like, when like the pressure's on like that, I'm usually fine. And if, if there's not someone that I like really care about wanting to think that I'm not terrible, then I'm, I don't give a fuck about a bomb. Like, it's just, it is what it is. And I couldn't give a shit. But, and like, one was particularly like nerve wracking. I didn't bomb, but it, it wasn't a great set. But these, um, a guy from the airport who I was mates with and his missus turned up. They were having their wedding and they asked me to MC because they knew that I was doing comedy. And I was like, yeah, all well, good. And then they turned up at Crown one night, unannounced, drove like an hour and a half, like they live a while away. And they just turned up and they're like, "Yeah, we thought we'd come and see you before you MC our wedding." Oh, and I was no. like, "Oh fuck me!" And oh, I was like, no. <laughs> well, "I was like, this one, this is a terrible gig. Two, why did you just spring this on me? Three, this is not the stuff I'm going to be doing at your wedding. Four, why have you done this to me?" Yeah. But it, like, it, it was, it went okay, and they were like, "Yeah, it was good." And then, like, obviously, I still MC the wedding, and it was fine, but. Yeah, that that was like a real nail biter. I was sitting there going like, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck.
1: It's funny when your friends come and watch and like they'll try be like polite because they want to be a good friend and be like, you were you were really good. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think you were the best. And it's
2: just like, <laughs> 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 it's like great when someone
1: six months in and yeah, there's yeah, like yeah. fucking a guy that's been doing this for ten years who just wiped the floor with everyone in there. And it's like, you think I was the best? It's like, come on, bro.
2: It's great when you struggle at like a at a mic and then someone comes up to you after and goes, oh, you just so you're just so brave getting up there. <laughs> it's just like, oh, oh fuck! <laughs> yeah, that's, oh. that's the worst. After after
1: um, a set at the club not too long ago, some lady like walked past and like made eye contact. She's like, "I just want to let you know that you you are my favorite." And I was like, "Did you not see Kyle Legacy just <laughs> fucking <laughs> pulling rabbits out of hats and just yeah. making jokes on the spot?" I was like, "What the fuck?" I was like, "Like yeah. I murdered." And yeah. you thinking I was fucking good? And I was like, "You're, you're a liar."
2: <laughs>
0: oh. Bloody I hell! Um. Yeah. Um, Influences um, I think we were talking about um, I don't know Because I, I Like I wasn't a huge comedy head Like for years and years It's not like that Like I, I liked Burr a lot But I'm not like his style And when I first started I was doing a lot of one-liners Probably like Jimmy Carter inspired I guess But um, I also like didn't know how to write a longer joke <laughs> It's yeah. like I know how to write one sentence And then another sentence that's funny And then that's it um, But yeah like a. Uh, I, I've found that i like, stopped listening to a lot of comedy, like, pretty early in. Like, within probably around the one-year mark, I just stopped, like, watching comedy. And, like, I'm inspired a lot by uh, Australian comedians that I, like, see all the time. Like, Duggan is fucking awesome. He makes me, like, want to write better stuff. And he probably, like, barely knows who I am. But, um, like, yeah, I just don't consume a lot of comedy now. And I just find that, like especially when you're on stage and riffing and stuff. And then if you've been like really consuming a lot of stuff, when you're just throwing stuff out and then something comes out and you're like, Oh fuck, I've actually heard that someone do that. And I've just like banked it and it's just like relevant and I've said it and it's like, Oh fuck. So
1: I was going to ask if that
0: was the reason.
1: So you don't because you're conscious that you don't want to do the same Yeah kind of material as other people
0: and also like i feel like the sort of allure or the novelty of comedy is worn off a bit like i you know when you see behind the curtain it's not as like fantastical so oh yeah if, that's if i'm sitting there watching yeah. comedy it like has to be something that's like really special or someone that i'm like watching live because they're at a gig that i'm at yeah so.
1: i prefer live comedy over watching a netflix special yeah. or yeah. A YouTube thing. Dude, 100%. like, w-
0: watch, watching Cam Duggan, like, just tee off on someone, like, doing his socks two bucks, pretty good bit, like, crushing, that's better than any special on Netflix. Like, and and people shit on Australian comedy, and granted that the comedy that's, like, broadcasted and promoted is trash, but there's, like, really fucking awesome comics that no one knows the name of, but, like, if you go to a lot of gigs, like, oh, yeah, you can see, like, top-notch shit.
1: Yeah. I think that um, a lot of people talk about certain comics as well. Like, I haven't seen Luke Heggie live, they're every Gosh, like every comedian awesome. has a person where they're like, "Bro, you thought you thought I was good. You need to watch this guy." Yeah, and, yeah. and like that he, name gets circulated a lot. So I'm so excited for the next time he comes.
0: He um he had a the first year that Newcastle Comedy Festival was on when he did his solo. I took my mate who now lives at Mudgy, like my best mate from high school. He moved out there to sell electrical cables to mines and shit. Um, And he... So he was up and he's like a big fan of comedy like me, you know, and um, like all the podcasts, whatever. So he... Was in town and I was like, man, we got to go watch this fucking hour. It was sold out to the point where like the front windows were open. So we were standing on the street, leaning in on the windowsill, watching. That's how full it was. And like Heggie's just absolutely murdering for an hour. And we walked away and yeah, my mate was like, he's my favorite comedian. Yeah. Never having seen him before, never heard his name. I just said, we got to go watch this. We got to watch him. Yeah, yeah, I can't
1: wait till he's. I can't wait till he's back. <laughs> Do you have many influencers, Elliot? Or hundreds, favorite
0: com- million. favorite comedians? I'm just every just see com- his notebook. Yeah, <laughs> with all of his laminated. Oh yeah oh, when I, I, st- on the front. <laughs> I forgot I did that oh, That's dude. hilarious I used to have a joke You've done writing so book. many Cringe shit dude Yeah I used to have A joke <laughs>
2: writing book Where I printed out All my favourite comedians I put them on the front That's when I was That's when I started I was like <laughs> yeah, This is like some High school shit. shit I forgot I did that That's hilarious <laughs> <laughs> That's great
0: <laughs> oh, let's, let's bring up Your Instagram post captions Remember Oh those? Dude oh, I archived all them Yesterday them? Dude. dude yeah I used to
2: post Instagram captions That were just jokes And then Luke and James Would just comment Just the bomb emoji Just on them Just deflate my ego
0: We just just had to be like, dude, you you can't do this. This is humiliating. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting the secondhand embarrassment. At you least you this, looked after him. it. Out. They lo- the, the fans loved them. You know, <laughs> so they were big fans of my captions.
2: Um, yeah, I used to. I don't know. I um, I definitely have taken like a lot of influence from just watching comedians. I definitely think in terms of uh, when I started uh, a lot of styles. I was just like, I don't know. What, I don't know who who I am as a comedian at all. I don't know when I'll figure that out. Who I want to. How I want to portray I think you've
0: got More of a style now Yeah really I think unique. Yeah, like, probably Two years so. ago You were just Sam Campbell I was just doing Yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, I'm a crazy boy That kind of stuff But slowly but now I'm- you've kind of like Develop something. Yeah, you've got a u- unique voice that's more you now. I think. Yeah, and that's really just
2: being a dumb. I'm just dumb. One stage. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. oh, what do you think about? This is what I do for work. I don't know what that is. Like that's just that's just my comedy at the moment. Is I don't know anything. <laughs> um. No. Yeah. But it definitely when it was coming up, I watched a lot of uh. In terms of Australian comedians, Sam Campbell, Dan Rath, uh, Aaron Chen, all those like really just they're yeah. some of the best comedians in Australia. I reckon. Um, and then, you know, I watched a lot of, uh, in terms of like outside of Australia, John Mulaney, Mark Normans, uh, a big fan of Shane Gillis at the moment. They're all yeah. those kind yeah. of guys who are released really, their like specials. They're all fantastic.
1: Comedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mark Normans. So unique, man. He's, he's the man.
2: He's so funny. I'm so glad he's blown up. Um, but yeah, seriously. Um,
0: yeah, I can only watch his specials though. Cause that's it's fair. like, it's all good, but like him on Twitter is insufferable. Like just and like i gr- i get that he's like thrown shit at a wall. Yep. But it's like dude, don't do it on Twitter where like I'm in Australia and I can see it and then I'm just like <laughs> reading this stuff just being like, oh dude, this is like this is <laughs> like genuinely like open mic first timer stuff. Oh, get should, rid of it. You should Go see and my do Twitter. that in open mic where it's not filmed, there's no one there, no one gives a fuck, but to like blast that out internationally, it's like, oh dude. <laughs> my Twitter is that. That is <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: just, I don't follow you for that reason. My my most recent tweet is uh, that's what in in quotations, and then it's like she. So it's just like My little that's what she. <laughs> so that's what she said. Yeah. So just throwing shit at the wall. <laughs> Next one down. Can motels update their signs? <laughs> I don't care if you have Foxtel. Is there blood on the sheets or not? Like just garbage. <laughs> just makes no sense. Oh fuck! That's I still funnier sh- than
0: Mark Norman stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'll yeah. shoot you. Uh,
1: I'll shoot you some um, some videos for some of the hotels that I've stayed at. Um, Please. Oh fuck. We, um, yeah, like I send it to mates and I'm like, welcome back to another episode of hotels. Hookers were murdered in (laughs) (laughs) all these work motels and hotels that are just fucking garbage. I was like, oh, if the walls could talk. And if that light was UV, (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: James and I, James and I and a couple other comedians went on like a regional tour into like New South Wales, up and up to the top of Queensland down the coast. It was like one, like a month. Yeah, uh, one of the hotels, one of the motels we stayed at, at the front, one of the signs just said like "colored TV," and it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like I no colored so.
0: people, but yeah. they got colored TV.
2: <laughs> that's how old that sign is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh fuck, that's so good. Wild. Wow. Oh, yeah. some of the some of the adventures you get out to when you go regional, but Dude. some of the people that you see
0: when we were in shoes London, shoes are optional. <laughs> yeah, like oh. me and uh, Luke and Liam went to Edinburgh, and then. I fucked up the Reggio so we didn't actually have a show, so we were there, like, we'd booked it for basically a month, and we went first week of Fringe, and, like, luckily we knew Kyle and that, and he's got shitloads of shows, so we, like, jumped on spots for those, and there's, like, nights where they don't do, like, they'll do, like, every night, 7pm, except Mondays, or whatever, so they have, like, a day off. So then his venues because there were, you can't really book a show in for one night a week so the venue's just empty so then like those nights he was like yeah if you want to use my venue so we didn't have a show so we'll just stand outside and be like come watch a show in twenty minutes and then oh that's the worst day eh? yeah it was like good experience but then like after a week we were like okay let's like go and hit some other cities now like we'll mm. go to other countries so we like. Went to, and again, I fucked up. We were supposed to fly to Berlin and I booked it for September instead of August. So I was like, <laughs> we were like on the way to the airport and I was like trying to check in. And it was like, you can only check in 48 hours before. I was like, flight's today, cunt. <laughs> and then I looked at the email. I was like, oh, I booked it for the wrong month. <laughs> so that was just like 500 bucks down the drain. Oh, no, you couldn't, you couldn't change the no, date? No, So basically Ooh. I was like looking up because I just blown like $500. And I'm not going to make Liam and Luke give me money for my fuck up. all of our flights so basically i just was like looking for the cheapest next option we're like okay if we train it from glasgow to london we can get a cheaper flight from london in like two days time so we just made an involuntary like random stop in london we just booked this hostel and it was like south side it was fucking brutal like we got there lights were just all off i was like is this closed and we went in there's just like some like ukrainian guy like watching the tv watching rush hour not laughing at all like not even cracking a smile just (laughs) watching it like it's a documentary (laughs) and um and yeah we went in there and there's literally i went to the bathroom there's a blood a splatter of blood on the wall in the bathroom like perfect height if someone was injecting and then it just like had a bit of like splash back afterwards and oh. two days later, when we left, the blood was still there. So no, no <laughs> one was cleaning those bathrooms, and it's like, dude, this is fucking grim.
1: Fucking hell. Yeah. Oh, dude. Well, noted that I will not let you book it. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, dude. I'm so bad. <laughs> oh fuck. Yeah, this is one of those mistakes that you make when you get way too ripped, and you're like, what month is August? Yeah. <laughs>
2: I remember you guys invited me on that trip. My parents were like, no, you got your HSC to worry about. You can't go. And now I'm
0: hearing that, I'm like. I'm glad I didn't go. Actually. That sounds horrible. Well, once you got a 52 ATAR, I was like, you probably should have gone. Oh, but yeah, absolutely.
2: There's no reason yeah. I should have
0: stayed. But I even said, like, don't do it. Just do yeah, your, do your high, school. high school. And then there'll be plenty of years that you can go to Edinburgh. Yep. Like, it's, you don't need yeah. to go now. Yeah, Just finish school. And that was a mistake. So oh, I well. apologise for
1: that. No, no. <laughs> hey, we all make mistakes. It's all good. Yeah. Um, um, do you guys have any advice for if someone wanted to start comedy? What advice would
2: you give them? Ah, uh, aside from, uh, aside from ride every day and yeah, the usual starting the comedy jargon. is my biggest regret actually. And yeah. uh, <laughs> now I'm just in here to I'm just stuck. <laughs> <Yeah. You> know, <laughs> I can't go back. Can There's nothing to go back to. It's yeah. just <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, man. I I think when wh- when when we started or when I started when I there was only like two open mics when I started. There was one at Cran Anchor Comedy and then there was the University Open Mic, which closed a couple months after I started. Um, I think comedy, at least in Newcastle right now, is bigger and better than ever. Mm. Um, there's a lot more opportunities to get up and a lot more welcoming rooms than ever. Um, yeah. Places like, you know, Stag and Hunt at the club. It's, we have our own comedy club, which is fucking wild. Mm. But um, just starting, really. Just do it. If you if you do
0: want to start, just get, yeah. get up at an open mic. Don't talk about it. Just That's do it or don't. Five, five minutes. Most people shouldn't. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, if you are genuinely, like, not a smart person, then don't do it. Because, you know, like the person we talked about immediately before hitting record, it's, like, very... If you're a stupid person, it's very hard. And, like, a lot of people like comedy. but Like, if you're not half intelligent, just don't worry about it. Yeah. Just go and watch it and enjoy it like that. And guess what? You'll be a comedy fan for life and you'll be able to go to shows. Like, I don't really go to shows. I... Unless it's someone that I, like, really like, like a haggy or something like that, I'm not going to go to the show. You lose the lust for watching it once you start doing it. So, like, if, if you're not, like, a smart person and want to do it, then literally just don't, is my opinion. <laughs> is my opinion. And I'm not trying to be mean. Like, keep enjoying it for yeah. the rest of your life.
1: It's like seeing how the sausage
2: is made in a way. Yeah. 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 I guess it all depends on your goals and stuff. Absolutely. And it's just, like, if you just want to... It depends on, uh, like, a lot of people do comedy. Are they a comedian? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't tell you. I always struggled cool. calling
1: myself a comedian as well. And yeah. Like when your yeah. friend's like, this is my friend Brad. He's a comedian. And then you get the, oh, oh tell us a joke. Oh, and man. you're like, oh, I what hate do you do for people. work? Oh, I'm a builder. Build me a house, cunt. Yeah, yeah so literally. Fuck, what are you doing here? Oh. Are you drinking and relaxing? Yeah, it's like, don't fucking ask me to do work. But yeah. I think after a vet like, I, I never called myself a comedian until I got, like, a paid gig. Yeah. And I was like, all right. That's a fair call. There we go. Now I'm a, Now I can... Now I'm happy to call myself a comedian, yep. but you're exactly yeah. right. Some people do comedy and some people rock up to mics and do mics every week. And
0: Some people just go to open mics perform. and they get up. It doesn't mean they did comedy. <laughs> like yeah.
1: <laughs> but I think a lot of people are also missing like a sense of community and friends and, yes. and all that kind That's of huge. stuff. So like yeah. a- aside from the performance aspect, they feel like, you know, they're in the inner sanctum of something that, because you tell people you're a comedian and you get some people are literally like, that's my biggest fear. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I'm scared to work on top of a Bailey six foot ladder. Like, yeah, I can't build a house. Like Absolutely. I'm, I'm a pussy with that, but I'll make an embarrassment of my st- of myself on stage. Yeah. No problem. And <laughs>
0: someone like, um, someone said that, yeah, it's, the the whole thing about, like, the community, someone, I think it was Ari Shafir, said it's like the comedy store in LA, for example, is like a um, home for broken toys kind of thing. And someone said it, like, very well, and it wasn't Ari, but they're like, the reason why these weirdos get into comedy and they keep coming back, even though, like, no one is really their friend, but it's like a party or a social gathering that you don't have to be invited to because it's an open mic. <laughs> like, you can turn up and still feel like you're at a party, but yeah. you're not, and no oh. one invited you. No one really wants you there, yeah. but people will tolerate you. And so these people just turn up and they're like, oh, these are my friends. It's like, oh, have I ever hung out with you outside of comedy? No. Yeah. So you're not my mate. Like, okay. <laughs> you know? Look, and we're being very pessimistic.
2: You know? And, like, obviously, like, if, if, you, if anyone is listening who genuinely does... Well, start comedy. Yeah, someone's like, oh, how, how can I start comedy listening to this? And just be like, oh, I." Should. we're just saying, yeah. don't actually. <laughs> fucking,
0: don't you even fucking think about it. <laughs>
2: just, Go yeah, to an yeah. open mic. Don't yeah. pay
0: hundreds of dollars for a comedy course. Yeah,
2: just listen, honestly, just starting is a big, just doing it for the first time is probably the best thing you can do.
1: And I think like signing up, like you said, like I had a friend that wanted to do comedy for years and – um. One day I just called him and I was like, hey, bud, like I signed you up to an open mic in a month. And he's like, what? And I was like, yeah, man, you're doing comedy. You've got a month to get prepared. Like, yep. yeah. go ahead and do Good. it. And then like that kicked his ass into gear to start writing bits. And then, yeah, like we were chilling in the, in the green room in Canberra. And I just mm. grabbed him. I said, hey, man, just have fun. Have as much fun as you can. Mm. And then in five minutes time, you're going to feel like a different person. And he came off and it was just like, I love watching people do it for the first time. And it's yeah. just like, boom, adrenaline, dopamine. Yeah. Like he just grabbed me. He's like, that was fucking sick. Oh yeah. And I was like, yeah, good luck sleeping tonight, buddy. Yeah, dude. Yeah, did. <laughs> came back to my house and we drowned like 15 beers. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, that was the fucking best. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's yeah. like, can I have another beer? I'm like, drink the whole fucking slab, dude. Like, you did your set, man. you wanted to do it for ages. And I was,
0: it was fucking, yeah. it was like a proud dad moment just to watch him fucking do it. It was cool. Yeah. It's the kind of thing where it's all like the, it's the funniest, but probably the top five funniest people I know do not do comedy and never will yeah so it's like you can be a funny person and just be a funny person like you don't have to get up on stage in front of people and do it like
1: that's my mate he's he is fucking hilarious he's one of the funniest people i've ever met and a great storyteller and i was like dude storytelling is a important aspect of comedy if you can do it Mm. like i i want to start telling more stories but i think like when it's an open mic you've only got like five minutes it's like How the fuck am I going to integrate? Like, I don't really start doing
0: this. stories until Until you're doing like 15, 20 minute spots, then you can afford to spend time doing that. And yeah. like, I really only went through a lot of the stories when I did my hour because it's like now, okay, well, fuck, I've got to fill an hour. What it's am I going to do? It's hard to do to a story. That out?
2: It's hard to do a story within a five, seven minute set because it's like you yeah. need to build your character you need to let the audience know who you are and that kind of stuff so the stories
0: you- are only funny when they have context of yes. like who you are how you think and then so when you're in a situation people go oh i know where this is going like, yeah because i know what kind of person they are but if you just get up it's like, oh bradley bishop and then you're on stage at an open mic if people haven't laughed in the first 20 seconds they're going to turn off so,
1: yeah yeah and um yeah, like uh, I really love the way Jim Jeffries navigates a story where he'll mm-hmm. lead you down a road and then it takes a side street into a different story, then something else happens. Then before you know it, you're back on the main road and you're like, oh, fuck. Like it's like, you're, oh, like I know where he's got. Oh, fuck, yeah. that was the other thing. Like yeah. I think that the way he writes that is wizardry. So yeah. it's a goal to be able to write stories like that. But yeah. I 100% agree with what you're saying. Like if you've yeah. got a five-minute spot to to try be funny. Yeah, it's not the time or place to do it. Yeah,
0: Like when I did my hour, because I didn't really write it or like have a layout of what I was doing until the day of. And that's also how I did a lot of stuff. Like in the first six months, I would do entirely new five minutes every week or every fortnight at Crown. And I'd get there two hours before and I'd just write five minutes in the two hours before and then do it. And so like for my hour, I like had a rough idea of what my bits were. I had like them listed in a document on my phone but I hadn't like sort of put together a show and then I knew that I had like two stories that I could do on the fly but when I was like setting it out on the day of I was like okay well I'll do five minutes of just like short sharp punches then I'll do like five minutes on this sort of round topic on like I'm fat five topics five jokes on like traveling five jokes of miscellaneous like observations and then I did this the last the longest story right at the end so yeah, like okay. basically got to forty five fifty minutes into the show and then I sat down and I was like you guys happy for me to tell you story, people are on board by that time I've given them plenty of jokes they know that I'm funny they're going to stay with me, so it doesn't have to be jokes every twenty seconds a laugh yeah and then you know there were parts where it was like more drawn out it was more just like telling the story, obviously I tried to put jokes throughout but then the last bit was a callback to a joke that I. Started on at the very start of the story Bing bang boom It feels like a natural end Thanks so much for coming And then get off stage But like awesome. I couldn't do that story In a 10 minute spot Because the story is 10 minutes And people wouldn't give a fuck You know Yeah
1: How? What are your writing techniques? How do you guys like to write your bits?
2: The past couple of weeks oh, As of recently I've picked up coffee which I'd, I'd never had coffee before. <laughs> uh, I can imagine this kind of coffee. In there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <my man. laughs> yeah, Thank God I don't live with him.
1: Oh, I do. <laughs> my heart's supposed to be I've
3: been
2: sitting down in coffee shops and going, do 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 on my laptop and going, and then that's been fun. I just write every time. In just life, I'll see something or think of something that's funny. I just put it in my phone, like a little note, and then I'll sit down and try to work on it later or something. Yeah. Okay. Um, like, or sometimes I'll just say something funny in conversation with my girlfriend, and then I'll be like, "Oh, that's something I could say on stage." And that'll, I just sometimes w- once you get enough experience within doing sets, sometimes you'll just hear stuff in real life and be like, "Oh, I can say that." That like that. That's perfect. That's you'll know exactly like when you have like a when you have a bit idea. Yeah. Sometimes I don't even need to work on it. I can just be like, "Oh, that was that's it. That's right there." Like I, I was hanging out with my girlfriend, and um, I have a joke in my act where I'm like. Uh, uh, it's a pretty fresh relationship, which is good. You know, she she makes me feel like a kid again uh, when she calls my dick small. Uh, hate her <laughs> guts. Wish I could touch him. Yeah, but uh, that line like hate her guts. Wish I could touch him. That came from like
0: when little... he was having sex. Yes, and pleasure. absolutely.
2: Yes, yes. <laughs> hate her guts. Wish I could make her come, But uh, sorry, sorry, um, um, but uh, we we're listening to like a John Mayer song, and he was like, "Oh, I hate her guts," I and mean, then I was like. Oh, but because your dick's small, you can't touch him. And I was like, oh, "But that, that, thats the." And then I was just like, "That's a line on stage, and that—that—that that, that bit's done well." Yeah. For the last couple of months, so.
1: I thought of a. I thought of a little tagline that I think I need to throw in when I'm telling one of my stories about. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like the, I'm like the holy trinity of, oh no, it's just like, so I'm out of shape. I got a small dick and I come quick. I'm like the holy trinity of things you don't want in a man. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. So I'm just going to have to sprinkle that in at some point yeah. like when I'm yeah. as just like a little throwaway, throwaway line. So yeah. what about you, James?
0: How do you like to, uh, I, I've i done so much stuff and I don't know, like I did do the thing where I'm like walking around, like I had a joke, um, fuck I can't even remember how it went but it was basically about this big building um in Sydney and I was walking from the train station to mug and kettle to do an open mic and there's like this big old heritage building and it just like said um you know had like someone's name on it from the 1800s and then it just had a TAFE symbol like a (laughs) a TAFE (laughs) sign up and I was kind of like, yeah, that bloke, if only he tried harder, maybe would have gone to university. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> whatever. And um, so that, like, I, I just sort of walked past it, wrote in my phone, did it at the open mic, it was fine, whatever, and left. But then I've also done stuff, especially when, like, I'm talking with mates, like riffing, like when I'm having beers with my mates or whatever, that kind of stuff, it just comes out. And then I'm like, okay, sweet, I'll write that down which can kind of disjoint a social gathering mm. when you, like, say something funny. You're like, just give me a moment. Then yeah, just open just your phone.
1: just make a note. Yeah. But
0: I, I think that, like, the best writing technique is what Ethan Andrews taught me, which he's like, comedy's not funny. It's, like, you have to work at it and it's a job and you need to... Like, he he would set timers for 15 minutes. Like, we'd go to a library and he just set a time for 15 minutes and we just write in silence for 15 minutes. Just, like, sort of try to get into, like, a flow state, you know? So you just... And because when you first start and you sit down and you've got a coffee, you're like, I don't even know what to write about. But you just start writing about, like, your day. And then it just kind of flows on. And, you know, you're writing about the coffee shop. You're writing about the person in front of you in line. You're writing about the person that served you. And then suddenly you start to get a few nuggets that you're like, oh, cool, I could pull that out. And then so basically after 15 minutes you just have a chat about it, just a debrief for five minutes. And then you just set another timer and then you go again. Whether you keep doing just more, like – um flow of consciousness or you start then refining the stuff that you wrote in the first part going like, okay, there's four things that I wrote in like two pages in 15 minutes. Let me just keep writing more stuff about those four things. Yeah, and okay. you just keep going like that and just keep doing it that way. So like I've done like writing sessions with comics and stuff and that's pretty much what I do. I just go like, we're just going to write in silence here. And you start slow, especially for someone that hasn't done it before. And you go, I'll do it for five minutes and people – they struggle to even put pen to paper as the start, and then sort of three, four minutes in, they're like kind of looking around the room, being like, "This is fucking boring." But then, like after you do that two or three times, then you set it for fifteen minutes, and people like you get the timer goes off, and people are still like finishing the last thoughts that they had. So it's like take some adjusting and getting used to, but that is in my opinion the best way to like solidly write more bits. That's all, awesome. rather than just come across something or say something in conversation, because if you don't see your mates for three weeks, yeah, what, you're not going to write anything? Yeah, like, yeah that's yeah. really interesting. That's like creative writing that you had to do in high school. That's, yeah.
1: that's awesome. Yeah. We might have a quick break, and then when we come back, I want to talk about how you guys started the comedy club.
2: Amazing. Yeah, no worries. Right, we'll be right back.
1: And we are back. So, boys, I wanted to talk about the comedy club because I think like, every young bloke at one point in time was like, "I should own a bar." Mm.
3: Yeah. How the <laughs> fuck did you guys get from doing
1: open mics to being like, "All right, we need to, we need to open a a, a, a club." When ne- Newcastle's desperate for a comedy club, how did it go from an idea to construction to now becoming the home of? Like, it's a lot of young comics and a lot of comics that have come all love The Room. And you've done an incredible job. Yeah. It's got what looks like a New York City kind of vibe. It's dark. The red curtains. Like, I fucking... I love going there. Was there comedy clubs that you looked at and you're like, this is the type of feel that we want? Was it your own original design? Talk me through it.
2: Well... Correct me on the timeline, James and Brady and Dave Gairdner originally had the idea to start a comedy club and then it didn't come to
0: fruition. Yeah. So or basically, there was this thing called Renew Newcastle, which was when Hunter Street was dead. The The council were trying to like come up with ideas to um, get businesses back in there because everything had fucked off. to so like, Charlestown, like, Macquarie, Katara, that kind of stuff. So. Um, Renew Newcastle was an initiative started by some bloke that he was like, let's start utilising the space because at the moment everything's empty, like for lease, nothing. What no no one was in there. Roughly? This is like 2016-ish. Okay. Um, and basically, so they were like going to these landlords and being like, at the moment you're earning no money from these buildings that are sitting empty. He said, how about you hire out these buildings for $50 a week? to like an artist, to open an art gallery, right? And they were like, oh, that's bullshit. And he's like, well, the thing is, you're getting nothing now. So if you put someone in there for a year or two years, if we do this all around Newcastle and get businesses open again, people coming back in, then you can fuck those people off and put a proper like client in and they can pay proper commercial rates and then you'll be sweet. So there was this initiative going on where, yeah, you could find these buildings, like, old gyms that were empty. So there were massive spaces and, like, people were going in doing, like, co-working spaces before, like, WeWork and all that shit blew up. So, like, Brady had a spot in an old gym. There were, like, maybe 15 little sectioned-off booths in this big old gym space, and he would pay $20 a week to have this kind of office, you know? And so, you know, somewhere that you don't have to set up at your house, you can feel like you're going to work and whatever. So we were looking at those spaces and being like, oh, fuck, we could find somewhere that's, like, cheap rent, maybe pay 100 bucks a week for a decent enough space. And But then we were like, we wouldn't be able to get a liquor licence because it's not zoned for that. And then they would start wanting to – it sort of broke the new Newcastle's organisational structure. They weren't trying to open pubs. They were trying to, you know, have creative spaces and little small businesses. So we were like, maybe we could do it – and do like beers by donation. So it's like not actually under a license, but then it's a gray area. The coppers can like fuck you up for doing it if you're, because essentially you're supposed to be giving away the beers and the, the payment is just a donation or something. But then if you go, it's $4, it's kind of a murky, you're then selling grog, you know? So that kind of fell through. And then, yeah, uh, like, the thing is, in Sydney, there's, like, infrastructure for comedy, you you do well here, you go to this room, you do well there, someone sees you from this space, then you go there, and then, you know, uh, end goal, sort of, like, the comedy store, and you get it on there, and whatever, but in Newcastle, there was nothing, so, like, there was, there was not even, like, really any open mics, let alone paid rooms, and then... If you wanted to do something paid, you had to start it. You had to go to a venue, start negotiating with them, try to find an off night, then learn how to do Facebook promotion, try to get people in there, that kind of stuff. So, yeah.
2: or you do uh, one of the other paid room uh, one of the other booked rooms, don't get paid at all, and then, the, yeah, and uh, what's the word? Yeah. I hate that person forever. Yeah, <laughs>
0: just get exploited. So we'll, uh, we'll talk off air. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So there was not really anything happening. And then so obviously that person opened their rooms and they were booked rooms and, again, wouldn't pay Newcastle Act. And great oh, yeah, great spaces, by the way. They were good good shows and whatnot, but, uh, yeah, you need to pay your acts and stuff. 100%. And so we, you have to start it if you want it to happen here, which is kind of like a curse initially, but it's also a blessing because there's like Sydney comics that don't know how to do Facebook ads. They don't know how to draw anyone into a show because they've never had to do it before because they just perform at these rooms that always are filled with people or the room runner does it and they just get their fee and they leave. So that's why like they try to come to Newcastle to do like a solo show and they get six people. and It's like, did you do anything? No. Because they just, they haven't got the skills. They haven't done it before. And they've never gone to a venue and negotiated and sort of seen what the dollar value kind of is to the venue versus what you're getting back and whatever. So like we've been fucked over for so many different ventures and – I've like picked up the reins of some of the rooms that Ethan Andrews started and he was the first person to sort of start doing that and and put on these rooms where you're getting paid and stuff. And it wasn't too much money, but he would always like, it was always equitable because there wasn't a lot of money going in. So what you did get, if you got 20 bucks, like there were gigs where I drove with no promise of pay, my last like whiffs of fuel. (laughs) And then I got there, it's like, I can't drive home if I don't have money, but I never, like, expected to be paid, I was just like, I just want to do this gig, and if I have to sleep in my car until my parents pick me up in the morning, I'll just do that. Yeah. And then, like, at the end of the show, he's like, thanks so much for sp- filling in Here's 25 bucks. And it's like, fuck, I can get home. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So, um, like, I picked up some of those rooms and then fucked them off because the venues just were not invested, and I was like, it, it's frustrating to, like, want to do a good job and to want to have a venue filled, and you send them posters and they don't put them up. And then they're like, how come there's only 40 people here instead of 90? It's like, because you didn't fucking do anything. You don't care about the show, so why do I give a fuck? Like, I'm sick of doing this. So then, like, I was looking at doing Comedy Detour where we go out to these regional towns where we charge the venues up front. So a pub's going to pay 500 bucks to have us there. And I say, look, you can make it a free show if you just want to pack it out and just have drink sales or you can ticket it, market it, if you get people in, you could make two grand off the night. You pay us 500, bing, bang, boom, all good. And then it puts one, the onus on them to promote it. So the venue's just as invested because they're going to lose 500 bucks if no one shows up and try to get a little bit of like reciprocity or whatever the sure. fucking term is. <laughs> um, and then uh, Wat Street hit me up and the venue manager, Gray, at the time, he was good about it and like I had a phone call with him And I was like, he was like, I want to do a comedy show. I was like, great, but if you want to invest in this, I don't care. I was like, I could take or leave a gig. I don't give a fuck. I was like, I only want to work with people that do want to actually make this a sick show. And he was committed and I made sure that the budget reflected that. Like they would have gone out of business if they didn't market it properly. So that was good. Started doing, like, higher-end shows, and, like, I've done shows, free shows, $5, $10, $15, $20, $25, $35, like, at all price points, and I found that, like, the more that you charge, the more people you get, which is kind of a head fuck. It like, is a head fuck. One, if but it's I- free, you have no idea how many people are going to show up. Two, if you charge $5, if it's raining, people are like, oh, fuck it, we only lost five bucks. Yeah. Where it's like, if you charge $35... People are going to that show, <laughs> like it's, they're not gonna.
2: And plus, people can think it's like it's like a value for money kind of thing.
0: Yeah, it's and like, people go, if it's free, it must be shit. Yeah, so it's,
1: it's like I saw. Uh, I don't know who was talking about it one time, but a barber. They were talking about the genius of marketing, and there was a barber that said ten dollar haircuts, mm-hmm. and he'd opened up next to a barber that had been operating f- in the area for twenty five years. They were literally right next door to each other, and his price point was like thirty five dollars for a haircut, mm-hmm. and then. Um, he noticed that a lot of people were going there, and he was losing businesses. So then he put up a sign, and it said, "We fix ten dollar haircuts," <laughs> <laughs> and drove that guy completely out Hilarious. of business. Yeah, so Fuck yes. that it actually makes sense. Like, if and you think like if I'm paying thirty five bucks,
2: the acts are going to be good. Yeah, it's it like makes, a night out. You know, you're invested in it. Yeah, um,
0: and it's also different. Like if there's a lot of competition in the market too. Like, if let's say Hungry Jacks and Macers have a burger that's the equivalent the whopper versus the big mac like if if you're a price buyer you're going to go for the cheaper one even if it's only 50 cents but because it's basically the same thing you're getting a burger and that's that yeah. but and then it, it, if it's something where y- there's nothing to compare it to if if they're marketing uh let's say a, a hot dog place opens up in newcastle not many places you can like buy a hot dog right if someone is selling $1 hot dogs, you're like, oh, that's a novelty. I might go there once, I'll buy two, and then I'll never go back. If someone goes, we do gourmet hot dogs. They're 15 bucks, but they're fucking all the works. They got all this stuff on them, whatever. You might have, like, repeat customers that go back there for lunch every day or something like that because there's nothing to compare it to and – you think 15 bucks must be fucking good. And you yeah. go there, you wow them. And then they're like, this is worth the money, you know? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's that kind of thing. Um, and then, yeah, like having a chat with Brady, who is, you know, filmmaker first comedy second. And he was looking at like the amount of people we were getting through. He came to like a few Watts Streets and saw like one, the money over the bar two like the quality of the show. Cause he had only been really to like open mics or free shows well, we don't have enough money to bring a headliner in, MCs in, so it was just locals fucking around. He saw, like, how the standard of shows could be, like, mm-hmm. when there's a bit of money behind it, and he was, like, shocked himself because he's, you know, had been to theatres to watch, you know, Carl Barron or whatever the fuck, but hadn't, like, seen local showcase acts and been like, fuck, this guy's fucking awesome, like, you Cam Duggins and whatever. Yeah. So then he just kept saying to me, like, man, you've got to start making money out of this. And, like, I was making no money. Like, 100 bucks, 150 bucks for putting on these shows once a month. And, yeah. And then they started fucking me over with money. And, like, the venue manager changed hands. And it sort of went a bit sour. And I cracked the shits. And then I basically doubled the price. <laughs> uh, like, I was like, if you want me to come back and do it again, the fees now double. Because cunts fucked me over and didn't pay me for weeks and like I was unemployed so that money that I had to pay all these acts are coming out of my pocket like pay these acts and like barely getting by so this is all 2019 (laughs) 2020
2: yeah and then
0: so we were like chatting about it and being like man fuck this they're making so much money and they can't fucking pay me on time and then we're like well if they're making so much money we should really try to rethink this comedy club idea and see if we can make it work Mm. um Elliot has capital Brady has capital I just had time at the time so we sort of sat together and, yeah, sat in Goldbergs and kind of ran the numbers and kind of tried to forecast it and it was about like, can we afford to pay
2: rent? A year, a year and a half of just this, just kind of planning, like, being yeah. like, is this at all equitable? We sat down with a lot of, um, uh, we had like a, we found a space on Hunter Street that was like an old comic book shop and then our, our original plan was to start a comedy club but then at the front we had like a restaurant runner who would... Operated during the day. Bill
0: Castro's, um, Damo, we know him who runs that. So we we're going to like go 50 50 in the space so he could operate his sandwich shop out of there. And then. Well, we're planning this. We
2: we're like, how are we going to make any. Because we, we didn't think it was going to make any money really yeah. because like it's. <laughs> it, 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 rent's so expensive and it's like. We didn't know how Do
1: you mind if I ask how much, like, renting a space is there?
2: Right now?
0: Well, oh, like, we? so most places were, like, Five, we were looking at it and it was, like, $350. 500 a week. And so at the moment, at, but also that's just for the rent. We and granted, we would have had a rent-free period of like eight to nine months while we try to get the DA and the liquor license that through, was which would cost about fifteen license. grand up front. And then if you do that and then you find it doesn't work, it's like, fuck, well, what do you do? And then sort of the other alternative is, okay, Well, once you've got the DA and the liquor license, that stays in the building forever. So hopefully, one, you can get a bit of a rent reduction because now it's adding value to their property. And two, you could then maybe lease it out to a small bar. So let's say you wanted to open a craft beer bar. Yeah. If we do all the shit, and then we find out the comedy club doesn't work, we then go, "Hey, for five hundred bucks a week, you can hire this space and make it a bar and see if you can make some money." So, that was kind of like the loose plan, like safety so in case it was didn't few, work.
2: Uh, what's the real estate agents just been like? Is what we want to do? Like we just show up in t shirts and <laughs> shorts. Uh, these fucking there,
0: there like wasn't many like places that were within our price range that, and we were like real conservative. And then this space came up. Obviously, through a mate. We got quite lucky. I'd, I'd
2: say we got pretty lucky with what we've, yeah. <laughs> what we've fucking swindled Dude, there's, here. Dude,
0: there's a lot of luck that has, like, th- everything that could have gone wrong didn't. Our in landlord. In order for this to
2: happen. I'd say who our landlord like, what our connection to him is. Like yeah, in terms so of, we, our
0: landlord owns Cranton Anchor,
2: and yeah, we, yeah. We, we knew him by doing open mics there. You know, for the past and four like we years, ran
0: shows there. We did uh, split of Sundays, five dollar tickets, like upstairs once a month and stuff like that. So like we worked with him a bit, and he I also had a space. chat with him when like Watt Street fell through, being like these cunts won't pay me, and he's like, oh, well fuck, if you're getting that many people, bring him here, I'll pay you to do it and whatever. So we never end up doing that, but he was he sort of sees the value in it and could see that we we're like really grinding hard trying to make it work, and then he basically said, well look. I've got this space that he was getting the DA and liquor license through. It took 18 months. He was going to put a bar in there, but in the meantime, just to tick it over, he opened a barbershop in there just so it was making some money, you know? Yeah. And then took t- t- was so drawn out, took him so much money, so much time that he had the shits with it. And then so once the license came through, he was like, I can't even be fucking bothered doing a bar now. Like, <laughs> fuck this. So he was just going to lease it out like we were planning with our space, you know? And then he said, oh, look – if you want to come in and do it in here, I think it would be a good space, whatever. just spend the bare minimum to get it off the ground and just get people in the door. See if it goes well. Great. And I just said, man, like, I don't want to go bankrupt if this doesn't work because most real estates were three years with a three year option. That's the least. So like, if you sign up in six months, it's fucking dies in the ass. What are you doing for two and a half years? Paying 300 bucks a week. Like I can barely afford my own rent. I didn't even have a job, you know? Um, so. He basically said, well, just don't have a lease then. He's like, I've got the lease for 12 years. If it doesn't work, just move your shit out and paint it back to white and then I'll just find someone else to go in. So I was a sick like, time. Dude, He's so like, and after a year, if it's working, then you can sign the lease if you want. But otherwise, just do a week to week and however long you want to do it. Didn't charge us a bond, which would have been about 14 grand too. Fuck. Like, yeah. and, and the trade-off was the rent is double what we were looking at everywhere else. So we're like, fuck, okay, well, now it's like more every week, but he's probably saved us 15 to 30 grand up front between the licensing DA and the bond. Is that worth it? Yeah, okay, it's going to be worth it. Like, is what it is. That's wild. Yeah, Yeah, man. What a box. So he basically enabled that, but yeah, like everything that we've done has led to it to be successful. And like, we don't have a business plan. We didn't. We don't have anything. <laughs> I was talking to my therapist.
2: Like <laughs> but I was pitching. Like, I was like, "Oh, I'm starting opening a comedy club." Like to my therapist, and she was like, "Have you got like a business plan?" And I was like, "No." <laughs> she was like, really concerned. <laughs> <laughs> he is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like,
0: but then going back in five months later, I mean, like, it's gone great. Actually, yeah. In like face. a lot of it is just running off gut feeling, but also it's like the experience of having done it for so many years. Like I've done so many Facebook ads. I I know the type of people that turn up at what price point, how many people turn up at what price point. I know like what the value for money is. I know like at what street, I was also trying to give them too much because I felt like the value was like the price is so high. I have to give them like 45 minute halves, but then the last 20 minutes, they're not even enjoying it anymore because they're so tired. Yeah, They're like, all right. So like the headliner act struggles because everyone's like falling asleep at that point. So like, we shorten the halves, even though like the price is still is just as expensive, but people leave having had a better night because they're released at a decent hour and they're not exhausted by the end. So but, a lot of this stuff we've like learned, but it's all literally gut feeling. Same with like the design of the club. Like we didn't, a lot of it as well is like, cause we have right before COVID happened, we were setting up in my parents' shed, a sound studio to film a sitcom. So, like, think Always Sunny in Philadelphia, how they have a bar and they go off and do all these random shit. The, the like, sitcom sort of context is that, like, these guys have a restaurant that's, like, going bankrupt. So, they've got to, like, find out all these other weird ways to make money to keep the business afloat. Yeah, cool. So, we set it up with all the same black curtains, all the tables, tablecloths, the candles, all that stuff, the 70s bar. That was all in there, ready to go. Took us, like, weeks and weeks to, like, build it, set it up, whatever. And then the day we were supposed to start shooting was the day they announced the lockdown, (laughs) the first COVID lockdown. So I had to pull it all down so my parents could use their shed again and um, just put it in storage and then we're like, fuck, well, if we do end up opening a club, at least we have like half the shit that we need yeah. to open it. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, hell.
2: and then we got all our chairs
0: um, from the, was it the, not the Glipley club, club? Newcastle Leagues Club shut down in COVID. So oh, they were, I saw that. So we got so all the chairs and had to were going, come tables. in, collect anything. We just need to get rid of it. So we went in, we just went like all, walk, those red all chairs. the chairs, all the stools. We took them, but we didn't even have a space yet. They just stayed in Brady's backyard. Brady's for backyard, six getting months. mold on them with tarps on them and shit. <laughs> so, like, we got very lucky in a lot of instances. I it's think you made
1: large. your luck as
2: well. Yeah. Like, Yeah, looking back, now that we're saying this all out loud, we got very lucky with the space that we're renting. All the chairs were free. We had all yeah. that kind of stuff from... We also, like, we nearly... I know we didn't sign a lease, but we nearly, like, like, like said that we were going to do it, and then the Omicron wave happened. And we were like, yeah. oh, thank God we didn't start this right now because we would have gone to lockdown. But then we started
0: it halfway through Omicron and we started to renovate it with a view of, like, they can't keep us locked in after Christmas. Like, they locked down right before Christmas because they didn't want to, like, fuck everyone's Christmas is over, I guess. But we we're like, people are not going to tolerate it in first week of January. No. So we it was locked down. I don't, I don't even think legally we're allowed to be in there renovating, but we were. I guess it's like, this is a job that we can't do from home. Like you can't paint from home, so we were just still doing it, and like there were times where there was fourteen comedians in there when legally we probably only could have (laughs) ten, you know. (laughs) So, but yeah, so we went through the building process was
2: very fun. Um, Yeah,
0: and it was fun, and we were also like. Because Mark told us the the sort of advice of just spend the bare minimum to get it open, do everything yourself if you can, and just see if it works. We called in a lot of favours. We did. We called in a lot of favours, but also, like, we we didn't have to mortgage houses to fucking pay for it. So even, like, we had very measured expectations of, like, one, this doesn't even really work on paper at half the rent. So good luck paying double the rent. We'll see. Yeah. I was like, we can hopefully... Maybe make this work. If not, at least we've had fun. We've only lost a couple grand each, and it is what it is. A learning experience yeah. at,
1: the, at the very bare minimum
2: you learn.
0: Yeah, and, we're, and like, when we're painting, we're, like, Googling how to use power tools before we use them and shit. It like, <laughs> like we all just like, hey. The entire what?
2: club was DIY, pretty much. like to, yeah. Except for maybe the electricals and the plumbing. Yeah. That was all yeah. Adam Ronan, who did the yeah. electricals. <laughs> Um, but, yeah, but
0: we just like We were just googling shit And being like This is like dad skills You know Like if you're at a share house And your fucking roof's leaking You call your dad And they just know what Horrible
2: to do. roof Remember the roof was leaking yeah. Her, the roof When we got there The roof had like Part of the roof are just like caved in kind of from rain. Yeah. And Fuck. it was just dripping down through you the sent security Elliot up there in a
0: sperm suit? Maybe. Yeah. Just oh, see if you can like plug it up. Do something. Silicon.
2: I'm there like suffocating. Like I, I can't do anything.
0: Touching live wires <laughs> and shit.
2: Yeah. Is this oh asbestos up here? I got no idea.
0: <laughs> but yeah. So and we were like, this is like Dad's skills. Like dads learn how to do all this shit just by just working it out. So we're like, at the very least we w- come out of this knowing how to use a drill and a reciprocating saw. Yeah. And, like, I installed a manhole. It's like, never... I didn't even know you could do that. <laughs> and yeah, it's like, I'm we just went to Bunnings and did shit. it. Yeah, like, man. So, yeah. Like, and we were dead set useless at it too. But we just Googled it. We learned how to do all that shit. Like, we didn't know how to hang curtains. We didn't know about masonry drill bits. So, we broke every single drill bit that came with the drill. Because we were just using normal drill bits on, like, concrete. <laughs> Like, yeah, it, was, it was fucking crazy, dude. We but, didn't really have yeah. a plan
2: or a design for how the club was going to look either. It was just kind of like, oh, what if we put a stage on this corner or this corner and just kind of like mapping out there and then be like, well, what if we put curtains up across the windows... And then, like, well, we have to put curtains on the other side just to make it look symmetrical. Yeah, and there's
0: not even windows on the other side where there's curtains. Yeah. There's like, curtains it looks weird. And I was like, maybe we put a mural there. We get, like, an artist to come in do, like, a big graph mural. But I was like, but then it's drawing attention to that instead yeah. of the stage. Yeah. And, like, it's just – and, like, the, the biggest comedy fan will never go to as many comedy shows as someone doing it that just by nature of – like, no one's going to three comedy shows a week. The, yeah. the stage. The comic will.
2: The stage is really just wooden pallets, and then we just put carpet over yeah, them. Yeah, I know a
0: guy that has a pallet-making place, fucking called in a few favours, whatever. The curtains were like 15 bucks from Big W. The, in terms yeah. of... Yeah, it was all just very DIY. We built the lighting truss ourselves. Like, we just oh, went to really? Bunnings and just was like, how would we hang lights from a roof... And we just, like, walked around, just, like, found bits of timber and, like, being, like, okay, with well, beams just, like, go this way and, and then we and just got, like, some metal rods and some planks that went like that on top of the beams. Then it would, like, hold it, I guess. And then what were we... I'm just we in the attach- roof
2: and they're drilling upwards and they're, like, what is yeah. this? And we're just,
0: like, <laughs> Elliot, move back. And it was, like, just drills <laughs> going through the roof. <laughs> it's <just laughs> looking good, guys. <laughs> Man, it was genuinely, like, it was so stupid. But, yeah. like, we did it and now, like, when we fitted out the office for the editing suite... It's like, I just knew how to paint. I didn't know how to paint before we started the club. Yeah. But now I just know, okay, we're going to need at least two coats. I need this, this, and this from Bonnings. Bing, bang, boom. In three days, painted editing studio. All the colors was just like, oh, that might look good. Then there was just no other mean, It's autistic, like color, like, (laughs) because we didn't know what colors. We just knew we want dark, but not black, because black shows Mark. So we're well, like maybe gunmetal grey, whatever. And we just like, Elliot's just like, I don't know anything, guys, but I know this. And he's just like looking at all stuff. He's like, how about this for the roof, this for the walls? And we're Boom. like, yeah, let's right. do it. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, then we nice. just slapped we, it on the walls. Like We didn't really yeah.
2: do any tests for the colours. So we're just like, yeah, that'll do." It's going it. on. <laughs> <laughs> and then we can't like afford at the to end. buy more paint. Yeah, <laughs> yeah And then
0: once it was done, we were just like, this is this has worked well. So anytime yeah. we need like consultation on colours, we just go like Elliot, just to have a look at this. He's just like looking at it. He's just fucking <laughs> rain rain manning out in the corner. <laughs> And the then contrast, then like the contrast. Pain <laughs> in the outside as well, like because we had a, a rent free period of about like six or eight weeks to p- to get everything done, and because we already had the, the building license. in the club
2: was just from November to January. Was just we <laughs> opened the first week of January. We started maybe early November. I'd yeah, say. it was like
0: second of November we started. Mo- we had to move the barbershop out because he wasn't pulling his shit out. So we just had to hire like a shed. And just start carrying it out ourselves in back of Brady's van, just like moving. There was big a barber whole barbershop shop in the space, and yeah. we just they just kind of moved their stuff
2: to the middle of the space, and we we're just painting around it, just
0: like. Yeah. And then it got to the point where like we needed to paint the roof, and all their shit was in the way, so we were just like, "If you're not moving it, we are going to, and we're putting it in this shed. If you don't get it out of there in thirty days, they own it. Like wow. kind of like the, you know, the yeah, like storage the storage sheds, walls, yeah, motherfuckers, yeah. But um, so we basically did that. And, like, the outside as well because we wanted to make sure the paint was up red and that the signage was up well and truly in advance before you open, like, at least four weeks in advance so that people could see that there was a comedy club coming before we actually opened. Yeah. And then, like, we were out there trying to paint, but the um, it kept raining. So we are like, fuck, we're running out of time. And then between us all having full-time jobs – trying to work out time that we could go and paint it. And, like, we're we're not legally allowed to, I don't think. We don't have any harnesses, but we're, like, if we just wear high-vis, hopefully people just assume that we're legitimate. And also, then we found (laughs) out that Elliot's dad is, like, a fireman, and he's like, you know, you have to get, like, approval from council before you paint and hang signs on a commercial building. I guess so that you don't put, like, the N-word on a building and make the city look bad. Yeah. So... We're like fuck, all right, and we're like okay. Well, so much of our budget was in paint. Like, if we paint this, and then the council turns around and says we didn't approve this, you need to paint it back. That would like fuck us so bad. (laughs) But then Brady's like, we just got to take the risk, and we'll just. It's better to ask for like Forgiveness. forgiveness than for permission. Yeah. So like, let's just do it. So we had a break in the weather we just got out there painted it hung the yeah. signs we were
2: trying to paint the the outside of the building and it was just rain it just rained for 2 weeks so it's yeah. just like
0: we can't find time to do it we're about to
2: open yeah and there's like all the time. and
0: also just cuz it stops raining like it takes a few days for brick that's porous to dry up completely before it'll like hold paint properly like it was a disaster and then so we just got it up there and it was kind of patch job it looks like shit like if you look at it in the day but um the council then emailed us, like, oh, two really? weeks later. I didn't know like, this. we were like, oh, <laughs> fuck. Like, looking at the email, like, <laughs> we we're like, oh, my God. And we opened it and said, hey, guys, just saw the new signage and the paint for the comedy club. Looks great. When can we come and chat about grants and stuff <laughs> like that? And we we're like, oh, thank fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I mean. Everything so that could have gone bad didn't. Yeah. Thank fuck. But... Yeah, yeah. this has all
2: been... Such a pipe dream, and then it's just been yeah. like best case scenario for some reason. It's just been working like we should be dead. We, we're, like, we're like rocky, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, we're just we're, we're, everything should be, we should be knocked out. We're still going. Yeah. I don't know how we're yeah. thriving,
3: <laughs> yeah. <Adrian>. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: But then, yeah, we did all the renovations, we painted it all, uh, we announced it. That was big,
0: and um, then so we we put this like a lot of money behind this campaign for Newcastle Live, a big events promotion business in newcastle that like you know advertises all these events and i built the website in after hours after i finished my job so oh, yeah. it was when like were the building all this 120 hour weeks that like we were doing Fuck. it was fucked yeah. and like we, we'd go to the club 9 a.m on saturday we'd meet at the club drive to bunnings spent all day there we wouldn't get home till midnight saturday then we come back in the morning like elliot was like on his last legs and we were like we need to do it man like we've got Eight days till we open, we do need really to like, fucking do Yeah, those. I forgot
2: to mention, when we were building the club, we all had full-time jobs. This is all done Saturday, Sundays for an, a month or and two. And after
0: hours. So, like, I'd work seven in the morning till 6pm at night, drive into the club by seven. Start painting. Start painting. And just until midnight, drive home, five so hours wake up again.
2: We only had so much time in the rent-free period before we had to start making money, before we, you know, went fucking died. Yeah. So, we had is to get it. Are, are we you to, just
1: doing comedy club now? Is that...
2: Yeah, like I, I had some money saved up from my job so I'm just living off that and money off this. Yeah. But um Yeah. But yeah, just like while we were opening we had to fucking we could only work we could only really do it on weekends and then yeah, it was ex- it was
0: Yeah brutal just it, fucking it was genuinely hell for i'd get home so and long. just
2: sit in the bath like with no water just if the shower's just over me i'm just like i can't i just be in the room exhausted i can't
1: stand from, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like
0: cuts bruises covered dude, in paint just like sore as hungry far. and it's just yeah ugh. and yeah so it, it was like wouldn't trade I would, i'd do it all again
2: 100 percent. It, yeah. it was a lot of fun it, it, was, it was fun fucked. it was so
0: much hard work but it's like i've like, worked so many shit jobs in my life for, like, such long hours. I knew how to do it and Brady knew how to do it. He'd done it before. Elliot's, like, first experience to, like, those massive days where it's, like, Ugh. genuinely, like, inhumane labour hours. Yeah. Because, like, he'd worked at Macer's. And the, which are, you know, probably four hour shifts on some days yeah. and then going into an office job where it's just nine to five, you're not doing physical labor. Oh. Like I was cleaning up dead people with my dad, like at 14, doing yeah. 12, 15 hour days and shit like that. So I'd done it before, but yeah, Elliot's like first exposure to that, like super intense labor. Dude, it rocked me, dude. <laughs> I was fucked. But um, um, yeah, like we fucking did it, and it's fucking cool, and we kind of just made it up as we went along. It was oh just yeah. like oh, everything's got feeling, nothing's really planned. We didn't I, like.
2: I don't drink. I only just discovered coffee. I was raw dog in that fucking entire yeah. experience. Oh, dude, <laughs> I was just tired. <laughs>
0: How much that could have helped you out?
2: Um, yeah, but and then we opened, That's and sick. then
0: oh yeah, the website died the day that we launched this campaign. <laughs> Spent like. Fucking $1,500, 1800 on this campaign, this intensive campaign from Newcastle Live to announce it. Midday, on the day that the campaign launched, the website died. So all these people clicking on our websites down. We sold out the opening Couldn't line. do any, like, sales. Couldn't – who knows how much money we lost from oh, doing that. No. And so uh, Brady's panicking. I'm, like, at my day job with a laptop open on the side, trying to, like, fix the website. It wasn't working. Like, calling an IT guy between calls that I was getting from my job – and, um, yeah, and then, yeah, so basically, we just fucking we we just opened an event bright, and we're like, let's just get some tickets on sale so we can make some money, yeah, and so we, we sold out a few weeks ahead before we even opened, mm-hmm. and then it's that just been like constantly selling out, and we thought, oh, okay, man. well, this is just the novelty of it, it'll wear off, oh, and yeah. like that's how's the, the momentum shock. gonna go in six months, and there's like, it's like still going it's going better if anything, yeah, so, so like, that's great.
2: that's been the biggest shock of. We opened up, and then the Saturday started selling out, and we are like, oh, great, it's selling out because it's the first couple of weeks, and this is the novelty of something new is happening. And then it just kept happening, and we were like... Great. <laughs> awesome. This is going yeah. really well. And our well.
0: expectations have been so low that it's like, yeah, this will probably fail. <laughs> so it's like the fact that it's still going good. It's like going on Hot Chick. like, going yeah. In. yeah. <laughs> I was going to go home and wank anyway. Yeah,
2: literally every <laughs> time someone's asked me about it, they've been like, oh, how's the club going? I'm like, it's going great. I hope it sustains. Yeah, I just yeah. I don't know, it has. And you well, I think it.
1: that the acts that you guys are getting in and, and the environment that you've curated is, um, it's like I said, it's becoming a favourite club to not only the Newcastle comics, but every touring comic that comes has nothing but nice things to say. And I think you guys have done a really good job, but I know that the, we're getting close to the time that you guys need to wrap up. So we might have to do it again and we can roast yeah. some other people. We can do some other we things. We do a part two. I'd love a part two. <laughs> Finish off yeah. the episode at yeah. some point. Yeah. But um, boys, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank, thank, you, thank you for having us. Good luck at the show tonight. Yeah, um,
2: um, great space for podcasting, bro. This is amazing. Thanks, man.
1: Well, feel free to pop I'm like, in. I'm on on cameras up, dude. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's the next. That's the next thing. So I just am saving for a quality camera because I. That's don't what we'd love
2: to talk about. on um, if we do a part two, we would. We have big plans <laughs> for um just filming all the shows and pumping out like content, building the brand and that's, stuff. That's that's yeah, that's,
0: that's literally my next goal. With and also I'll show within you within how to months. set up like proper live streaming for like genuinely like three hundred bucks. You could do this. Yes. Yeah, so don't don't. Spend three grand on a camera. I'll show you how to do it. Like multi-cam set up for 300 bucks.
1: Okay. Well, we need to have a chat about yeah. that because I'm, I'm definitely interested in that. I'd so. also
2: love to hear about that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that
0: sounds
2: great. <laughs>
1: um, so, obviously, uh, Newcastle Comedy Club, it's on Derby Street. There's uh, open mic nights every Tuesday. We've got showcases on the Friday and the Saturday. Get down, support the boys. Check uh,
0: us out, Newcastle Comedy Club yeah. on Instagram, Facebook. Instagram, Facebook. All that newcastlecomedyclub.com.au buy tickets and um, yeah. thank you for listening follow all of our shit because we've got heaps of content coming we got yeah a lot of plans in the works so
1: awesome alright boys thank you so much Thank you. For us, don't Brad. forget
0: to chill
1: to the next episode motherfuckers I hit the wrong button then <laughs> but hey we're, we're on the <laughs> outro so
2: let's
0: go oh, yeah brother na 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 it's a motherfucking D-O-double-G. Yeah. <laughs> Get him, <'em>, boys. <laughs> <laughs> We're mobbing with the D-R-E. Yeah. One, two, Doctor three, three motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir.
1: The um, Can I go home? <laughs> you can go home. Get out of here, son. <laughs> Don't forget, boys. Smoke
3: weed every day. Yes. <laughs>